Welcome, everybody, to the Midnight Movie Podcast, your book club for movies. And tonight, oh boy, do we have a special one tonight. We are talking about Don't Worry, Darling. Uh, I, I think it's, we call it like a psycho thriller. Is that, is that the right word? I kind of describe it as a, without giving it away, probably science fiction psychological horror yeah just just to be clear we will be getting into spoilers i advise if you are planning on going to see this movie don't get the spoilers ahead of time um you know something's going up from like the first second of the movie but uh, i'll give you a hundred dollars if you can guess what that something is before it's <laughs> revealed um that is not a promise that is i need to be clear no one's getting money from me because i don't have any money to give but yeah, um, we're going to be talking about that. The biggest thing around this movie has been a lot of the behind the scenes drama. Um, and of course, it features everyone's favorite One Directioner, Harry Styles, um, as an actor. Uh, and there's been some talk about that. <laughs> we'll get into that eventually. But I think, first of all, we need to talk about what the movie was uh some general synopsis we'll go over like the basics and then we'll get into it uh so we start off this movie in the town it's victory right the town of victory yeah Yeah. it's this little this little idyllic uh society in like the 1950s where all the men go out to work every day and all the women get to stand stand around in the town and um have fun and like they they do dance lessons they go to the pool they watch their kids it's a conservative's wet dream uh (laughs) (laughs) they're both laughing at that but tell me i'm wrong (laughs) Um, but we slowly get to reveal our main character, Alice, uh, is living a regular life, but slowly things start, she starts realizing things are not as they seem. Um, and that all slowly unravels in front of us with some, like, trippy imagery and things. Um, so... Now that we've gone over the basic synopsis... Again, spoiler word warnings. We're going to get into a bit of the deeper things. I want to get first just general impressions of like the movie. What it would we think? Well, <laughs> not everyone at once, please. <laughs> My one thing I do want to say and like really give kudos to is the um cinematography and like visual effects and the set design and costuming i will i will agree with top the score it was all like really really beautiful yeah it was very all top notch well done i i yeah. feel like some points i disagree with what was done but i cannot say that how it was done was poor right i agree with that Um, so I just want to give everyone their credit on that end of (laughs) the spectrum. My ex Uh, would have loved all those 1950 dresses. Um, (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> That's all we're um, going to talk about my ex <laughs> right now. All right. So, um, but besides that, uh, those features, um, I ended up like not liking it even more than I thought I was not going to like it. Oh boy. Which is really weird when you go into a movie with low expectations, you usually come out liking it more than you were to have expected, but it kind of like actually pissed me off in the end. (laughs) I was just like, by the end of it, I was like kind of just angry. Well, it's Um, clearly the feminist message is just uh, burning your white male soul. I I know. (laughs) Um, Florence Pugh was incredible though. So it's always a joy to see her act. I thought the movie was fine. I found it very dumb. And I Mm -hmm. also found it very boring at points. Mm -hmm. Okay, fair enough. Fair. Um, But I do really like the um, cinematography. Um, It kind kind of proves that Olivia Wilde is a pretty good sort of visual director at this point. I don't see. I that might be the one. Well, there. I'll get into that in a second. But yeah. Any? Well, wait. No, we've covered everybody else's. I guess it's my turn. Um, mm-hmm. I. I didn't know what to make of this movie when I first got into it. Um, The first half, like, it it has a lot of, like, really interesting things. But I felt like sometimes it was just like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this right now because that will make you feel uncomfortable. But I was like, there's a way of making somebody feel uncomfortable with cinematography and, like, camera angles without making them disoriented. And I felt disoriented through most of this movie like not just not just like i i felt like how they wanted me to feel i felt like what is what is going on why are we doing this right now what's the point um so i i feel personally i felt like a lot of the cinematography choices were there to be there um they weren't they weren't they distracted from communicating the actual story, which as we know is like my more favorite thing uh, in movies. Like I had a hard time latching on to the story until we got near the end. Um, Most of the time I felt like this was like the concept of the story came first. And then we just didn't know how to get from point A to point B. So we just kept throwing things at the wall. Um, it wasn't a clear, like, progression. It's just kind of, like, skips and starts. But, yeah. Um, I think we we need to get into the twist of this movie now to properly discuss it further, which is, um, right. uh, Chris Pine's character in this is both uh, Andrew Tate and uh, the founder of Facebook. 
Um, and Jordan Peterson. And Jordan Peterson. Yeah, Jordan Peterson, Andrew Tate, and uh, Zuckerberg all wrapped into one. He's got this plot to have men basically uh, kidnap and restrain their whatever girl they want. Uh, in this movie, it's, it's suggested that she was like married or with this guy that she was like taken by. Um, and then just tie him up and like trap him in this virtual reality. Um, so they can I- live this idyllic life of they're going out and working every day to provide for their wife. And she's getting staying home and doing all the cooking and cleaning and making everything so nice. Um, and this whole whole reality is actually uh, just just uh, the metaverse, but for incels. Um, very high quality metaverse, but I mean, I think what should have given it away to all these women is when they looked down and there were no feet, but, uh, <laughs> I made that, I made that joke to two people who are not gamers. Um, <laughs> somebody in the audience will get that. Uh, in a lot of VR games right now, when you look down at your character, there are no feet for the model. But yeah. Oh, I see. There we go. Not well, that I've explained I read, the joke. <laughs> I read somewhere that it's supposed the outside of the simulation is supposed to be in 2050. 2050. I see. So we still have, have Andrew Tate's in 2050. No. <laughs> so maybe that explains why the simulation is like so far advanced. But I also would have loved to like maybe have seen that number come up somewhere on like a calendar in the yeah. back of like harry styles desks or in the hospital or something like like they did a lot of work to establish the world of victory but not i don't feel like they laid enough groundwork of the like world around them which also i just i I, I need to talk about this real fast uh in this Mm -hmm. universe the red pillars created their own matrix to trap women in there which I just find hilarious. I feel like the concept started with red pillars make a matrix, and then we just kind of like tried to build a story around that. <laughs> um, okay, I have a few things to mention, and they all kind of revolve around the simulation twist. Um, the first thing that like really bothered me was that Florence Pugh was apparently like an OR surgeon working for like 16 hours and like could barely afford to keep lights on in an apartment that didn't make sense to me. Um, But who knows how bad inflation has gotten by 2050. So I don't know. I'll, I'll let that slide. But um, the other thing was she clearly like did not, love harry styles's character at all yeah like um and then after being learned that after learning that he kidnapped you and enslaved you i don't i hated that at the end they tried to like still pull on the heartstrings a bit yeah she's like about to escape and then she's like oh my god like my love yeah and i'm just like oh give me a break like she, man, she had no feelings for that man yeah, yeah. At all. i 
she I I find it weird. I want to know like how much of the simulation controlled the women inside it because she seemed when she was there not to mind it until like she started noticing the seams and then right which I think is a weird way to put that story it's, um, it's like almost like Stockholm syndrome yeah Stockholm like oh yeah do the laundry do the chores and then I get to go out with shopping it, it's very it was very stereotypical 1950s but she also did not seem mm-hmm. to be not enjoying it um mm. Which, I mean, makes the question of, like, consent. Like, if she had been asked, would she have done? Probably she wouldn't have. But she would, like, like to go into this little world, this little fantasy to get away for a little bit. But I don't know. The other thing, I actually think the idea of, like, incels going like rogue and like kidnapping women and and like enslaving them in a matrix like is not the worst movie idea in the world no it just like it's actually a pretty interesting concept to explore it just wasn't explored yeah i just wish we had it was just it was just put there like if it was expanded upon i would actually been like that's actually kind of smart but it it wasn't done well so it's not smart yeah my thing (laughs) with that was all avalyn you go I think, like, a lot of it was, like, how is the actor was kind of portrayed. Like, I know in an interview with Olivia Wilde, she said that, oh, Harry Styles was, like, amazing and, like, he's an artist and musicians are really good at acting. But, like, I don't know if I 100% agree with that because, like, (laughs) I felt that he pretty much under act I would say like I didn't really felt convinced his character at all which we'll probably go into more of the drama um I guess for short the original mm-hmm. actor who's supposed to play Harry Styles's character was actually Shia LaBeouf which who is notoriously the- known for like underacting <laughs> however just kind of seeing him in like other roles, like I kind of felt it would have made more sense for Shia LaBeouf to be the character instead of Harry Styles, because just a mixture based on what's happened, like alleged like assault and stuff and just how range he can have as an actor um, at some points. So I felt that if, if 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 Shia LaBeouf or like some other actor would have played instead of Harry Styles, I think it would have been much of a slightly better movie. I would say. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how much Harry Styles you can really say added or subtracted from this movie. Um, I think the the best thing I could say about him was he was unoffensive. Like, there wasn't anything super terrible about him. He was just kind of mediocre. He wasn't going to win any awards for this. Um, no. But yeah, I mean, if if I was a straight woman, I don't think I could say no to being locked in a simulation where Harry Styles is my husband. Uh, but <laughs> I'm not a straight woman, so... <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and it, it makes me wonder what all the other women's stories were uh, in that simulation. Like, how many of these people were actually in a relationship beforehand? Oh, um. Well, we the only other person we know is Bunny, Olivia Wilde's character, and she chose to be there. Um, yeah. But that also reminds me of Chris Pine's wife. What the hell was her story? Yeah, yeah. Like, what was her story? I, I, the, the ending scene with her and him oh, confused me. So, what was the point of that? What was the what goal? Was, was that, that supposed to be some sort of female empowerment? Because it didn't seem like she was like, okay, I'm finally done. I can be free now. It's like, no, I'm taking over this operation. And then that, that's like, doesn't that kind of subtract from the whole incel operation here? I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's why I, I was... That was that was the stupidest part of the movie she was like it's my turn now like your turn to what your run turn to like slave operation run the slave like, operation what are you doing take control of your own life what was that supposed to mean it was very unclear um but yeah i mean it wasn't a great movie but it wasn't offensively bad, I don't think. No, I, it wasn't no. offensively bad. One thing I will it say... It was well-made, yeah. not well-written, but well-made. Yeah, I think, one like, thing I will say... Best, I would say the best way to describe this movie to me is, like, it's shot like a big, like, studio movie, but with, like, a straight-to-Netflix sort of movie. Yeah. That's yeah. where it kind of felt to me... A lot of it, because, like, a lot of the sort of theming is, like, very surface level to me. And, like, there wasn't uh, yeah. really much, like, challenging sort of thing to chew on. Yeah, I, one of the things I would, like, I, I feel like, the, I personally thought, like once we got the story and the background and we actually knew what was going on, it got like a little bit better. Like part of me wants to go back to watch the movie knowing the twist. But then the other part of me was like, but nothing beforehand really led up to that. There were like a few little nods or like things going to it. Like uh, when they said they both honeymooned in the same location. Uh, but there was there wasn't enough beforehand to really like establish, Oh yeah, this is a simulation. Like all the flashbacks to girls, like the synchronized swimmers was really, um, it, it never, we never found out what that was. We never learned what that was. Well, that was like playing above the bed that she's like chained to. Yeah. Uh, something along those lines, but it, it doesn't really, something- the thing that, like, I, I don't know what we didn't under, like, where, what was the plane? Yeah, what was the plane? Why was the, like, I, I get the idea that she's feeling trapped by, like, the glass wall pushing her against the wall. But there were yeah, other, fine. there were other ways of doing that that would have hinted more towards, like, the simulation. That right there makes me, that's, like, psychological thriller. If we're trying to go for, like, we're in a simulation your mind's not breaking down, it's the simulation breaking down. There were a lot of other ways we could have handled that besides just stereotypical, like, um, 
psycho thriller like twistings. Most of it just seemed mm. generic. It didn't seem specific to like simulation world. Like right. we could have had points where uh, she can't move her arms or her legs for some reason, because in reality, she's strapped down to a bed and she's like, that's reality breaking through for a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, there could have been a lot of different ways, like oh, hearing things that are actually happening in the real world, distracting her from what was happening as opposed to the like humming or the uh, like weird little flashback she has to the synchronized dancers. Right. So the airplane part, I, th cause base one, I kind of like saw it, it was more, it was basically, um, the, the one lady and her daughter, son was playing yeah. when it was like dropping. And I'm kind of assuming that they kind of use that. Cause like, basically assuming this is all a simulation and they said that the um, kids weren't real mm -hmm. at all. So like they probably were just kind of using that as sort of like, Oh, like sort of like this happened like in the news today in our community, like there was like a plane crash, even though probably the plane crash wasn't really real. It was just a simulation. Mm -hmm. But the thing I also kind of noticed too, as Florence Pugh was, walking towards this, the facility for the first time, I saw sort of like a wormhole or like some sort of hole, like in the background. Like at first I kind of thought, oh, is there like a hole in like the movie screen? But like, no, it was actually like some sort of like hole within the thing, kind of assuming, oh, this might've been like a simulation of a sense that, where was that? Was that like in the sky or? It was in the sky. The... It was in the sky. Oh, that's real. I, I'm sad I missed that. Yeah, see, see, I'm basically like Amelie in that moment where it's like, oh, <laughs> I noticed that. But yeah. maybe I might be a little crazy on that. But if <laughs> anyone wants to watch it again and when it comes out on HBO Max, <laughs> hit yeah. me up. I think but... my. What I, I noticed a lot was it, it the early parts seemed very much just like psychological thriller and you're stuck in a little cult town. Um, there were very few things to actually point to. I mean, besides the fact that it's set in the 1950s and, and, and anytime somebody set something in the past, they're trying to make... It's either going to be, oh, it wasn't actually set in the past, especially when it's like a thriller or horror... Or it's going to like actually pay attention to the mores of that past, which this movie did not seem to want to get into. Uh, you really used it as a setting uh, more than an actual, which is what it was in the movie. But it didn't want to explore really like the 1950s besides the um, like husband and wife dynamic that was supposedly back there. But all the characters talked like modern day. Uh, vernacular um, it wasn't really talking about oh, the, uh, the crimson menace to cross, across the waves are threatening our very way of life <laughs> um, so I kind of saw the modern day twist coming I did not see the simulation twist coming like I was 
I was sure he was going to just like abduct her and they were going to move out to Texas. Um, but then like the simulation happened. I was like, oh, oh, there was no way I could have guessed that. There was nothing earlier in this movie that would have led me to believe this was a simulation. Okay. So I think we've talked enough about the movie itself. Uh, I want to get into some of the drama, like backstage and a lot of the things that are going on right now. I have one very specific thing I want to say, but I want to hear from you guys first. Again, not everybody at once. I know we're all excited and chomping at the bits to be filming this, filming, to be recording this podcast, but... I thought that the whole drama thing, after just doing, like, a bunch of research on it, like, I feel like a lot of it was just, like, mostly just too big ego people just sort of bickering um more in terms of like the press stuff or like the tabloid stuff i thought it was just like just almost to the point it was almost felt very manufactured sort of like oh this is like free marketing for the movie um my my take like if this was any other movie, I feel like this would be trivia you learn years after. Like, like if mm. this was like a uh, a different production, I would like if this was directed by a guy or was a more masculine film. I think we would be later hearing about, oh, this guy didn't like this guy on set and actually called this other actor trying to get him to come back to the project. That would be trivia about the movie. It would not be drama in the minute of the movie. Yeah, because based on like what I've heard is that, like I mentioned before during a review, the original actor who was supposed to play the Harry Styles character was actually supposed to be Shia mm-hmm. LaBeouf. Um, so at first, real life cannibal, yes, real life cannibal, <laughs> Shia but, yeah, the real life cannibal. He was reportedly got fired for being destructive during on set, which, yeah, there it, wasn't really any proof of that. There I can see Shia La- LaBeouf was, being destructive. There was another side from him saying that he quit the the job or the role because of scheduling conflicts, whether or not because he was also is being um, accused of sexual assault by FTK Twigs, Figs, Twigs, FKA Twigs, FKA Twigs. <laughs> um, yes. That whole sort of drama thing aside, um, there was just like other like leaks that sort of happened. Like there was a video that was out saying that Olivia Wilde wanted Shiloh up to be back. Yeah, I heard that rumor at one point and stuff. And there was actual like a video that like she. Well, yeah, I saw that video. (laughs) And 
kind of based on what happened, I felt it was just sort of like a little bit of her fault, especially this was like her second film and like essentially like Mm -hmm. her second film is in an actual like giant studio. You know, it's a lot more tougher than like, cause like her first film was book smart, which was a Mm -hmm. little small scale sort of indie high school movie, which I like to me, I'm not really into high school sort of type movies, but like, this one was a little bit more stood out a little bit more than I enjoyed yeah, that one a lot. One. No, yeah, so, it got really well. It got really good reviews, and I think like a lot of people really took on to Book Smart, mm-hmm. which is interesting. And kind of going from like somewhat of like a small like indie film to like essentially a sort of large studio, even though that Olivia Wilde was, you know, does acting as well. And also just also was known for date or dating and being engaged with Jason Sudeikis, which the drama thing kind of. Oh, and then that even leads into this, doesn't it? Yeah. She got served the, divorce papers on stage yeah it's cinecon press for this movie right yeah was that cinecon it was that cinecom one of the cons i'm not sure it was like the cinema con that's That's, what it was that's just Um, asking that 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 just feels like somebody trying to make a publicity stunt that is like 100 percent a publicity publicity stunt on someone's part I don't know who's. <laughs> it was, but yeah, I think yeah. Jason Sudeikis most likely filed the divorce papers. Oh yeah, I think so. And oh, yeah. mm-hmm, so, and then there was like sightings of like Olivia Wilde's um, holding was holding hands with Harry Styles, which I'm kind of assuming that that's how he probably got the role was sort of like a sort of nepotistic sort of like hey like do you want to be in this movie well, yeah essentially i also feel like his team is doing everything in their power to like turn him into like a big movie star type of person who can like flip flop between doing like big sold out arena tours worldwide and then like on breaks like he'll go shoot a movie for marvel or like do this blockbuster uh thriller movie or something like that but he just he cannot yeah (laughs) he can't act so no he he's he's hit a wall there i think he's found one place where he doesn't really have much talent in terms of acting, because like there are decent amount of musicians that are either right. really good with acting and oh yeah, even directing. In fact, like um, yeah. Boots Riley is a musician. He directed um, "Sorry to Bother You," and there was like another movie, yeah, a great movie. David Byrne, Brian Byrne from Talking Heads. 
Talking Heads. Yeah, he did a movie. He directed a movie. And unfortunately, it's his only movie so far called True Story, which was like a movie in the 80s. Which, oh, I haven't seen it. That's a good movie. It, I'd recommend it. We have like, reached Amy Woosh area. But <laughs> yeah. And there are just some musicians, like, for example, like Elvis was a big. Yeah. He literally just can't act. Or yeah, his hips, it as his hips Madonna. Style. Well, actually, Madonna's kind of like depending. Maybe is there or, like a Patty Lupone quote where she's just like Madonna is a movie killer? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I think so. I guess like Lady Gaga's a really good actress based on what I've seen from I would agree. The future that. Harley Quinn? Yes, the future Harley Quinn. Yeah, the future <laughs> Harley Quinn, which we'll, we'll make sure of that when Joker 2 comes out, we'll definitely review oh. it. When I'll we're still here. here for Joker 2, we'll review it. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, if you were going to cast any, any like, big star to be a comic, any big musical uh, star to be a comic book villain, I, I feel like, uh, I, I feel like she is the person you'd go to. She's a good call. <laughs> Especially for an apparent musical, uh, but yeah, no, I'm getting just... distracted by Joker, um, and all that will be. Um, it kind my... of ties in with the episode a little bit. Kind so... of, well, kind of. The themes of abusive relationships and male domination. Oh, uh, my my the big thing I want to like ask and I want to talk about. Um, there were s- several years ago, I went to go see a movie in a driving theater with my dad. It was called Oblivion. Did you guys watch Oblivion? Uh... <laughs> now we have to Google this. Oblivion. Yeah. It was From about this. Oh, the Tom Hanks movie. It, it, not Tom Hanks. I think it's Tom not Tom Cruise. Hanks. Tom Cruise. <laughs> Big oh, difference. No. Big oh difference god. right oh there. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. I, it's a I Tom, am so <laughs> Tom Cruise. It's a Tom Cruise movie where he plays like this one guy and he's on this uh post-apocalyptic earth. It's yeah. very much a uh it's sci-fi, it's kind of psychological thriller, um, where he's like trying to get back his memories and stuff, and he's not exactly clear. And there's like this person telling him like, oh, you're supposed to be doing this. Are you supposed to be doing that? Um, it gave me, it, it did not have like the same cinematography, but it gave me the same feeling that I got watching this movie, which was a lot of, why are you doing this? What What is going on? <laughs> What's the point here? Um, and uh, it, it had that similar psychological like, learning but it bored the hell out of me um <laughs> it was so just bland it was obnoxious to watch i didn't really care for it and the ending was like what what why um the reason i say all this is because i think i had a better time watching don't worry darling than i watch than i did watching oblivion um but oblivion has a higher tomato meters rating. 
It is like 55%, whereas Don't Worry Darling is like a 38. Well, I, I do wonder if Don't Worry Darlings will change once it's been around for a little bit. Because I think a lot of people are like very quick to hound it because it's kind of like the in thing to do right now even though there are valid criticisms to be said about it but yeah i'm just wondering it's a, like I, it's not a 38 yeah for i'm me, just at least. saying it's, like it's i not... think these these movies were probably on a similar level to me right. in my mind um well, i'm just one well it's kind of interesting i was looking because for me like the tomato meter percent thing is very deceptive because like mm-hmm. it's giving like how many percentage did the critics like the movie or gave it a positive rating and if you look at the average score of it it's roughly around like roughly around like a five which is basically average yeah when my, you think of it or when you my, look at the metacritic score like it's in the, I believe it's in around the yellow area, which is like mixed. So the tomato beater, that it's like one of the reasons why I don't really rely too heavily on Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. is that it, it very kind of misleads people in thinking, oh, this movie has like this much tomato meters let's go watch it and then you watch it and it's like what the fuck are these like critics talking about but like when you look into further of it it's more of just like an aggregator of just like an average of like oh or what the percentage of what or what the percentage of that critic or how much the critics like the movie yeah my big question is though um, because I, like, I saw Oblivion in theaters. Um, I did not hear anything about Oblivion afterwards, but I have, I cannot go anywhere without hearing about the background of Don't Worry Darling or hearing some sort of joke about it. So why does, why is this movie not allowed to just fade into obscurity like a lot of other movies have been? Because there's been a lot of movies with like famous music stars or whatever that like come in and they do the movie and it's not great. And we all like, okay, let's move on. But this movie we're still latching onto, we're still dogging. Mm-hmm. And part of me wonders if it's because female director, feminist message, easy targets. I think that's a good idea. Um, I think her being a female director definitely makes her an easier target for a lot of hate, for sure. And I don't think her directing is necessarily uh, that that big of an issue when it comes to the problems that the movie has. I think she did a pretty fine job. Um, Mm -hmm. I do think, though, that uh, this movie is like has such a staying power on the internet is because it involves someone with a 
incredibly loyal and kind of vicious fan base. Which would be Harry Styles. And most of his fan base would be like high school girls. So it kind of brings us back to like, why do we... Why do we hate high school girls so much that we love to rip it viciously rip apart the people they like? I didn't say that. <laughs> and then um the other thing I was gonna say is that the movie has been advertised extremely well and like you can't go anywhere on the internet without seeing ads for it. So it like stays in the main place of conversation because it's so widely advertised everywhere. Mm-hmm. And even all the, even all the bad press, like I feel like it's only given them more eyes. I, I, like, I, like they probably want to keep making bad press, honestly. So more people are talking about it and going to see the train wreck. Yeah. You know how much it made in the box office so far? Did it do well? So the budget of the movie is $35 million. Okay. You know, sort of without including marketing. The box Mm. office numbers is $37.4 million. So... On on its like first weekend, and sort of as of this recording, it'll probably be making more a little bit more when this episode comes right. out. So, like, it's like somewhat broke even or sort of like a modest sort of hit. Like, it's not like you know Marvel, but in terms of that sort of budget. It right. still has to make up a little bit more money because, like, I'm actually surprised it didn't make more than that. Hmm. But yeah, so maybe you'll probably get like some sort of like cult following for some people, like down the line. I feel just based Harry on sort of style stands. No, yeah, yeah a little <laughs> bit of that, and just sort of. They just want to rewatch the one scene with him tap dancing the entire time. Just, just like, like. Oh my god! They just rewind and rewatch it, and it's like, ah, Harry Styles <laughs> saying "Our world." Ah. Maybe in like fifty years, we'll get feud olivia and florence like we got feud betty and joan for whatever happened to baby jane <laughs> again whoosh right over my head don't know feud or whatever happened to baby jane what happened to baby jane oh well that's a really good movie but um okay so whatever happened to baby jane is like a 1962 like low budget horror movie that stars Joan Crawford and Betty Davis uh-huh. and they hated each other on set and it's like an infamous rivalry and then a TV show was made about it in 2016 mm. called Feud Ew. and it's about the making of the movie and how terrible they were to each other <laughs> but, yeah. yeah this one is going to be on my watch list 
Yeah, it's really good. At least I know that uh, if I ever want to have a make YouTube a whoosh, I just have to mention anything about video games or about the <laughs> fact that you can't see your feet. Um. Speaking of video games, I did. I, I finally played this one game called uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts. If you can't any... see see it because my camera is currently we, we usually film these where all our faces are showing, but I don't want to show my face right now because I feel bleh. But I'm giving you a perplexed <laughs> look at the moment. Uh, like what what on earth is that? It's a <laughs> and how does game. it relate to it's don't worry? It's a okay. rhythm game. I see. Ooh, it's a rhythm hit. stylized rhythm game. I see. It's like an action, very stylized sort of game. So they have to hit the poses, just like the synchronized swimmers have to hit the poses, which had very little to do with any of this. Oof. No, the synchronized swimmers had very little to do with anything in the movie. <laughs> they they could have like cut all of that out, and we would have like nothing would have changed. They were annoying me, especially by the end, like in the end montage and half of it was like the dancers and swimmers. Yeah, like I didn't I was like, understand. The- I get that you guys like film this as like B-roll, but you didn't need to put the whole B-roll. Yeah, we didn't need in. to. It didn't really do anything for the movie. There were a lot of elements like that, that like we could have cut and and it wouldn't have changed much. Like like I said earlier, a lot of the things was just general kind of psychological thriller that I thought was going to be explained later. Like, but none of the things they did were explained by the actual twist. Like the dan- mm-hmm. the synchronized swimmers weren't really explained. The uh uh collapsing glass wall wasn't really explained. They were just general. Well, I think I think like the glass wall thing was her just like having a panic attack. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but like, that's just, just like general visible... psychological thriller. Yeah, yeah it, it no, doesn't. It, wasn't, it didn't. It was tell us anything more about the story. Right. So it was all kind of like red herrings, like I that I. Or the egg thing? Was that supposed to be like a crack in the simulation? There was I kinda liked that part though. I just thought that was funny. I thought yeah. it was interesting, but it didn't really it like set up the thing that like, oh yeah, this group's nuts. Not everything here is as it seems, but that didn't lead me to like simulation. I just mm. I just was like hoping for when I got the like simulation twist reveal, I was hoping more for like or I was looking back and was saying, couldn't we have done like some Matrix stuff here? Like all the children actually look exactly the same. We just never noticed. Um, I think that's a Doctor Who twist right there. That was that was a twist in a Doctor Who episode. Um, Which one? Uh, Silence in the Library. Ooh. Is that the one where... Um... River Song, is that her first episode? Yeah, I think it's the second yes. part of the first episode. I, I'm not sure yes, if I'm yes, referencing yes, the first yes, one. Yes. But it was uh, like Donna's, Donna is stuck in a simulation. 
I wonder how that relates. Uh, and she yeah. grows up and she has children. <laughs> and then at one point, ah, oh, now now I've got uh, Avalyn whooshing. Over, over, over <laughs> my head, too. I'm not really into Doctor Who. Well, so. buckle up, because I'm a big fan. <laughs> um RTD is coming back. I'm looking forward to it. That's that's just for me. That's just for me. Um, she's stuck in this simulation. She has children in the simulation, and at one point, like somebody else who's part of the simulation that like recognizes that it's a simulation, uh, looks over to her, like makes her look at her kids playing on this playground with other kids, and she realizes they all are the same children. They're just placeholders copied and pasted. Because they couldn't make enough room for more of them. Is that silence in the library? Is that turn left? That's silence in the library. I I know what turn left is. I know. I haven't seen them in such a long time. So I'm getting mixed up. But. That was my sonic screwdriver. Yeah. No, wait. That's the right sound. Sorry. Yeah. You'll have fun with cutting that out of the audio, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's, it's gonna be in there so <laughs> yeah i just i feel like they could have played more with like things that would that would make sense with the twist that you're in a simulation that they didn't do but i've made that point a couple times now i think yeah yeah <laughs> and now i got to reference a doctor who episode so <laughs> it was worth it <laughs> I guess we have to include um, TV shows too. Oh man, uh, yeah, we're starting a whole new podcast when the new um, season comes out of Doctor Who with the Black Doctor and the Trans Companion. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're doing that. <laughs> it is being written by a white man, but we'll ignore that for right now. It's RTD, right? It's RTD. He's a good man. He he is a good man, but he is a white man writing about two black people. So, uh, (laughs) and then all the sort of neckbeard conservative Doctor Who fans will make countless videos on why having wokeness into your Doctor Who is gonna is bad. (laughs) Oh, they already did that with, um, I know, with the female doctor. Mm. Yeah, yeah. All these people like uh, when Star Trek was never woke in the old days, <laughs> and they just kind of missed the point of Star Trek. Yeah, the entire <laughs> point. Listen, just because we never said gay people were there doesn't mean gay people weren't there. <sighs> yeah, that's why I just can't really get into like a lot of those franchises. Because fan bases are so toxic. That's yeah. what keeping a lot of people away from Don't Worry Darling. It's the Harry Styles fan base is too toxic. We, we can't get yeah. into it. Yeah. But I think my only like fan base that I'm somewhat loyal to is Pokemon. As you probably Pokemon. see in the background of <laughs> is that, Pokemon. Yeah, Sarah. I've seen that. That's like uh, Pikachu cereal. Yeah, it's like Pokemon cereal. Oh, because I was telling, because like we were at the grocery store and 
my partner and I, we looked at him just like, oh my God, it's Pokemon cereal. Like, <laughs> it, it it basically was just basically Twix, or not Twix, tricks <laughs> with marshmallows. Mm. That's what pretty much what it was. Twix. Twix. It was just Twix. A bunch of Twix all in the, like, we opened it up and it was just a box of Twix. (laughs) Well, I think we have reached the end of our conversation. Uh, The end of our conversation. Wait, wait, I'm saying a wait. What about our rating? Our rating? Oh, oh, I guess we do have ratings. I would say three, maybe two point five. It was on I, I par. Was gonna, I, I to was, me personally, I would say it was on par with like X. So. <gasps> Sorry, <laughs> that wow. Um, I didn't say pearl. I, I said give, X. Thank you. Um, I was I was just gonna give it a two point five as well. Maybe honestly, I'll give it a two. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of on the same boat. I definitely would. I'm sort of more lenient towards two because I just yeah. couldn't really take a lot of it very seriously. And like, because Harry Styles was there, and usually when like movies sounding like he wasn't British, even though he is British. Is. <laughs> Well, technically, I think, I think in the lore of the universe, he was an American lore, guy pretending to British be accent. British because he chose British as his nationality. <laughs> in, but also, like, why would that even be there? Like, listen, have you never wanted like, to pretend to be British online for strangers? Oh, I'm I'm not saying I don't. But <laughs> <laughs> that's your whole racket. You go on a like old chat groups and just say Hello, oh, I know. I'm British <laughs> but I feel like he had a better maybe it was a character choice and then maybe he's actually doing somewhat good at acting with his <laughs> such as bad accent as he had or something like that but yeah um, what's your rating so I gave it a two two, two? okay yeah. apparently I like this movie more then you just uh, 0.5 yeah. more. Yeah. Just, just like 0.5%. <laughs> I mean, it's closer closer to a 2.5 than a like the one and a half. Fair enough. Yeah. So you're like 2.25. Like in terms of like out of 10, that's like, oh, this is more closer to the closer to a We're five now than a three. Breaking a hundredth place decimals into this. Uh <laughs> Just wait a few movies down the line. We'll be like, oh, you know, I think I'd rate this a three point seven five two one. Okay, so I hope you guys all enjoyed the episode. We're gonna be back next week. Uh, next week we're gonna be talking about the new Hocus Pocus movie, and we're gonna go rewatch Hocus Pocus one. Uh, before we get into Hocus Pocus two, so join us for the beginning of Spooky Season with. Hocus Pocus. Spooky. Spooky. Good night, everybody. See ya. Bye.